Welcome to Seymour, podcast about movies and TV. I'm Joel Gonzalez, and on this week's episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite TV shows, Atlanta. I've been a big fan of Donald Glover since his early work as Troy on Dan Harmon's show Community, and was also introduced to his hip-hop moniker Childish Gambino around the same time via his Freaks and Geeks music video. I always felt that his work oozed relatability, no matter the medium that he worked on, and Atlanta seems like the culmination of all of his other artistic avenues. My fascination with the show was elevated by the tone of it. Atlanta does such a great job of being grounded and gritty, while also incorporating surreal elements to its presentation, and I think that makes for one of the most refreshing modern sitcoms. Atlanta is based in Atlanta and follows Ern, Glover's character, his cousin Alfred, played by Brian Tyree Henry, his friend Darius, played by Lakeith Stanfield, and the mother of Ern's child, Van, played by Zazie Beats. Alfred quickly becomes a local celebrity after a breakout rap song and Ern wants to manage him. So they use that as sort of the base to tell a lot of different stories within Atlanta. The FX series is already critically acclaimed, raking in around 80 nominations, winning an Emmy and a Golden Globe in the process, and has quite the cult following. With all of that being said, let's get right to the conversation. And as always, no spoilers. We couldn't get the rights to play the actual song, but I figured that was fitting. Donald Glover. Um, he, I unfortunately couldn't get him on the show today. So we settled for the <laughs> co-founders of Cesspool, Jack Summer and Kev De Los Santos, both of whom have been on previous episodes of the show. Guys, thank you so much for being on. No, thank you, bro. I never heard my name said in that way and it sounds so dope i like it awesome yeah meanwhile and you pronounce mine wrong oh it's so rare yeah. <laughs> oh is it really yeah everyone just thinks oh. oh he just dropped this mic uh sorry he's a little Did nervous you just knock your yeah. mic down <laughs> he's a little nervous that's great. I'm keeping that in for <laughs> sure. <laughs> we keep it raw on this Seymour uh, podcast here. You know, I so know you pronounced it wrong. Yeah. It's just rage. <laughs> What's the equivalent of like rage quitting for podcasts? Just slamming out. the mic. Slamming the mic. <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> so when we all met for the first time, because I met both of you at the same time, something that we all had in common was that at the time we were big fans of Donald Glover's 2013 record because the internet. Yeah, you know, and when we first, I mean, before we even met, when I was hanging out with your brother, Joel, a.k.a. Yeah. Softlass, who's a regular on your show, like one of the first things he told me about you was that, oh yeah, he's really big into Childish Gambino. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm sold, like, that's all I need yeah. to know. He didn't say much about you. He's like, yeah, I have a brother. He's like into childish. Um, yeah, he has cool hair. It's my <laughs> defining characteristic. Yeah. And then when my hair's all gone, the only thing I'll have left <laughs> is that I was a huge fan. 
that's what I'll go down as. <laughs> but can you guys tell me a little bit about sort of your introduction to him as a person and Atlanta in general or your knowledge of his previous work? I mean, my first intro to Childish was way back in the days of hip hop blogs. I don't know if you yeah. remember that was a thing for a bit. And like misinfo and Right. Two and dope boys, not right. And right. there was this guy named Modi, shout out Modi, who had this blog called DC to BC. And he actually put me on through that to Kendrick and Childish. And he also put me on to Mac Miller, Wiz Khalifa, oh, a bunch wow. of people. So who all ended up being such big names yeah. and like prominent and still very relevant names in, in that world. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Hey, Kev, do you know who, who Modi, Moby, Moby, the music? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead yeah, and say do, no. Do you, no. Oh, sweet. So what was your introduction to Donald Glover's work? This all happened roughly around the same time, probably within like a month or two. But I want to say it was probably stand up. Oh, that's oh! I should say back. also that I got introduced to him through Community, the TV yeah. show. I think I knew oh, yeah, him that's... like from Community, and then I saw his stand up, and I was like, "Oh, he's cool." And I want to say a month or two later, I saw his, or I don't know, I saw a song of his somewhere. I don't even remember which song, but I was like, "Oh, sure, he raps too." That's probably Freaks dope. and Geeks. Yeah, probably Freaks I know and which Geeks. Song. Yep, exactly that. <laughs> and I think it was around what maybe twenty ten or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in the early yeah. 2010s. Uh, 2011. 2011? Or 2010, you might be right, actually. Hey, man, those, you don't know to... when I found out about oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about when the song released. <laughs> because I remember I was in my freshman year of college. And hey, I, was I didn't say that was the first fan. song I heard. That was what <laughs> Kev heard, so... <laughs> this is going to turn into one big... <laughs> no, I'm a bigger Donald Glover fan. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Kev, go on before you were rude. No, yeah, so I would uh, interrupted by Jack. <laughs> you know, the second part of the suits is uh, a little heated right now. Um, but yeah, I want to say possibly like through his comedy first and I say his music would mm -hmm. probably be second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a big fan of Community, the show. And that's actually the title of the show. It's Community, colon, the show. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that'll be a future Seymour episode at some point. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm betting on it. Absolutely. Also, terrible bet because I could just do it because I'm in control of it. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody should take that bet on. But I'm the same way. I was a big fan of the show. And then Joao was like, oh, you know that Troy from Community Raps? And he showed me Freaks and Geeks, like the music video. I remember that freshman year of college. When everyone found out about it at the same time, Jack. I want to say I was at least a day early. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, most people didn't really find out about him until later. Like, he really broke yeah. into the mainstream, I don't know, with Redbone? Would you say, like, super big mainstream? I'd say Redbone. And shortly before that, or during that time, the premiere of Atlanta. Right. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta was like him going further into the entertainment world. I remember at the time, Atlanta, I thought, would be a show I enjoyed and it would be yeah. something for his audience, but I had no idea it would become 
as big as it did and as critically well received as it did. Yeah, it superseded what the intended audience yeah was i think yeah i mean like i and had no doubt it was going to be good and great but i just didn't think it would have such an impact yeah yeah and i don't mean intended audience as like i would know what that is i don't i don't but i think what i'm trying to say is that it transcended his core fan base and it was nice to see that it did it in a way that because he's had glimpses of that like i've heard 3005 on the radio and Mm-hmm. And Telegraph Ave, you know, like out at a bar or something like in college. and But Damn. Atlanta really <laughs> propelled him like through to like the mainstream media. And it was like, it was pretty crazy to see because it was like he he had been doing so many different things for so long. And it had all finally come to fruition with the show mm-hmm. that had elements of his music his comedy, his, you know, background in writing for 30 Rock. Uh, just like he put everything, his acting, he put all of his skills in a bag and delivered it in such a unique way with Atlanta that it was nice to see the reception. It was like it was just so critically acclaimed. And it was almost as if the industry finally, like, opened its arms to him and embraced him and shortly after he was in spider-man he was in he played lando in star wars he's in the new lion king movie he's now just like super stardom you know he's he's big time now but it, it's life before and after atlanta were two very different chapters in his career and the perception of him as a creative yeah for sure for sure i mean if you don't want to say it i will but yeah he got to the whites <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Yep. That show came out at the right time. <laughs> um, I remember like one of the first things it was Bill Simmons saying how great Atlanta was, which was kind of surprising. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because it was such an authentic portrayal of black culture in a way that was so accessible mm-hmm. and funny, but still unique to that experience and his experience. And yeah, again, it's just super accessible. Like anyone can watch that Mm -hmm. show and understand it. And I think one of the things that, and what we're going to talk about today makes it so great is the show has these surreal elements, Mm -hmm. but those surreal elements are grounded or accentuated by like the specificities of like growing up in the hood and that like realism of the Atlanta streets. There's like a weird juxtaposition there that the show plays really well. Yeah, I mean... The different kind of levels you have in a TV show or movie could be realism, as in depicting things how they are in the world, like how things really actually are. Yeah. Then you have like the fictionalized versions of things, maybe how you want things to be and et cetera. But surrealism kind of goes beyond that and takes it into this more unusual dreamlike kind of space yeah i mean what do you guys think of when you think of surrealism kev (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was was like waiting i don't know who was gonna speak first um i mean yeah dreamlike is very accurate when i think about it it's almost like a good way to phrase it uh very possible and real but 
just with a hint of like right even better or exaggerated whatever the aspect or factor is um what about you like a different number of things come to mind like Alice in Wonderland like just super surreal like trippy right like on shrooms kind of visuals but then there's also like very subtle surrealism like elements that'll stick out just kind of like nudge you a little bit like certain scenes from like inception when they're just like sitting around and like something's a little off like the reflections aren't quite clear Mm -hmm. like there's something in the space that kind of like throws you off i think of what he mentioned was sort of an inspiration for the show more specifically the first season like twin peaks which was also an episode of seymour check that episode out i mean he called Uh, it twin peaks for rappers Yeah, which was also a great selling tool because he knows how to market things and how to tap into what people already know and make it palatable, you know, because Twin Peaks had holds a very distinct place in a lot of the viewer and fans' hearts. It's also a very unique show. It's also a pretty niche show, but it's also Kev said it predominantly white show you get Mm. those viewers on like you hit five birds with one stone (laughs) well also (laughs) twin peaks is the most popular example of david lynch's work who is arguably the most notable person in surrealism like when i think of surrealism i think of david lynch and he's kind of the modern godfather of that style That's a great point. And I actually wanted to, from a visual standpoint, the show does a really good job of showing such specific visuals that, you know, like earn Donald Glover's character. It's like a two second shot, but him reaching into like a, his Jordan shoe box for like his savings is like a specific, like that's such a great visual stuff. Like Alfred just like sweating his ass off always because they're out in the sun and like that's, Something that other shows may not showcase. Um, I mean, with that, in terms of the realism, do you guys find that when you're watching things that sometimes the lack of realism jumps out to you? Like, oh, this is fake. Like, this isn't how things really are. Um, I don't know with actual visuals. I would say more with like scenarios with other people or interactions. Yeah. Um, like if you remember, I think it was season one, some interaction he had like in the bus with some creepy older guy. That yeah, the we Nutella, didn't, Nutella guy. The Nutella guy. Yeah. Well, that's like a surreal situation, maybe one of the biggest of the show. Right, exactly. So like that is one of those like, oh, like it's dope and it's super weird, but I don't know how real that would be when it comes to the real world, but. Everything else when it comes to like the sweat and this, how characters look and, but yeah, everything else, I'd I'd say they kill it and do a great job with. Well, I was saying in terms of like in general, when you're watching a show, like say for example, Joan, I think you've seen the show. I haven't seen it, but from what I know of it, Girls, the TV show, yeah, it has these characters who are like in their twenties, but they're going out to brunch all the time and living in these nice apartments and like how real is that you know or how relatable that's real in right. brooklyn 
That is real in Brooklyn. I would say that there's a veil that we all have. Like, I think there's TV realism, and then I think there's real realism. Like, mm-hmm. I think that things like, you know, how do like six friends live in a in an apartment together in Manhattan? Like, like we are willing to suspend our disbelief as long as it's close enough to realism with TV and film. Like things aren't lit that way. Life isn't, you know, things don't work that way. Even from like a visual standpoint, I think we're so accustomed to it that we're like a lot of this stuff goes unnoticed and like subconsciously we're not thinking about, Mm -hmm. I guess the realism quote unquote. So when I see things like Paperboy sweating through his clothes, that's refreshing in a way of like, yeah, that's totally real. But with TV and movie magic, like, why would we show that? That's not something like his acne and his, like, those things are refreshing. Well, that's something also, just to mention another quick example, like you brought up acne, like eighth grade, the movie from last year, they showed her acne and a lot of realism stuff that often is masked by coming of age movies or TV shows. Yeah. So I think there are like three elements of like, I think there's like real realism and like how things actually look that maybe don't translate too well on film or TV. Then there's like TV realism, quote unquote. And then the element that this like third element that I think Atlanta plays around with, I think they play around with all three really well, but this third element is that surrealism. Right. And I think that because it's grounded in this reality, it's done in a very subtle way. Right. So just like two visuals off the mind. I mean, in the second episode, they get like... Of which season? These like... Of of the first season. Thanks, Jack. Of the fir- the second episode of the first season, um, like there are... Paperboy gets hooked up and he has these like chicken wings and like they gave him like extra sauce. Yeah. And like... Lemon pepper hot. Box. That's right. And and like light is... Like, lemon pepper wet. Like shining. Oh. Lemon pepper wet. Yeah. <laughs> And light is just like shining through the box and it's like very subtle, but it's enough to be a little bit like, you know, a little suspended in in a sort of surrealness. An added touch. Yeah. And then there's this moment in the third episode of the first season where Ern is smoking and like waiting for Paperboy to come out of a show. And he's just standing there and it's this panning shot of everyone around him just standing still and like looking at a wall, looking up at the sky and like all in sync with him. And as soon as Paperboy, like Alfred, like walks out of the door, the music starts to play or you can hear the music from inside and everyone just kind of like snaps back into reality. But even symbolically with those two, it's like adding to the realism through this realism. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's, it's very staged. And I think early on those little things kind of warmed us up to not only did it subvert our expectations of what the show may have been because people were comparing it to the wire before it even came out, but it also prepped us for season two and sort of like, we're willing to suspend our disbelief when crazier things happen. So I think they do a really good job of gradually using the realism to, to keep us on board so that they can, from a narrative standpoint, take us wherever they want to take us. And they also use it in like comedic and entertaining ways, like the invisible car or black yeah. Justin Bieber, <laughs> you know. How do these surreal elements affect like your viewing experience and kind of your expectations of the show? Like, what do you want to get out of Atlanta in that sense? I'm looking to be entertained in ways I haven't been before. And I think they kill it in that in like clever ways, like with the lemon pepper wings and the sauce and the lighting. And 
I believe it was in season one. I don't remember what episode, but they're like at a strip club or at a club and he keeps chasing the club promoter, like trying to oh, get and, like the wall opens <laughs> and up. then he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I'll be right back. <laughs> and like literally Ern looks away for one second and the guy taps the wall, the wall flips and looks back and he's just not there anymore. And he's like, what the fuck, man? Like, just Did, give- And you brought up such a great example mm-hmm. of like what makes a show great in that that's such an exaggerated yeah yeah those are such exaggerated lengths to go <laughs> to just exactly. like dodge paying people yeah exactly and that's such then that's a message that we can all get behind and it and that's like ties back again into like the essence of the show in terms of trying to communicate like how dodgy people are when they're trying to avoid paying you yeah and like they're showing it with this surreal extreme example but it illustrates the humor and like level to oh, which yeah, it it's goes. Amazing. It's super clever. Like I don't know that I've seen that a lot or either movies or even TV shows. Well, <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> the accent came out, but um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it happens at least once, <laughs> once an episode. Sometimes you hear it. Sometimes Jack edits it, but you can't sleep on it. Yeah, you gotta keep it. Keep it. <laughs> You know, I'll keep you on your toes, too. It's not just Atlanta. Um, it's just not, yeah. You should be you should be a writer for the show. <laughs> no, but yeah, um, they're super clever with it. And those things keep me on my feet. It also ties back into the original idea of surrealism, which started in the 1920s in Paris, and they were kind of trying to mix the dreamlike world and visions that they were having with reality to create a new kind of reality and to them a better reality. So Atlanta is in a sense doing the same thing. That was, that's awesome. That was wild. You were, you did that off the dome. Yeah. You weren't reading any notes. No, he had his eyes closed. You guys aren't watching, but I'm here. Well, he had him, he had those notes tattooed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he keeps this around. I know the tricks. I was in school once. <laughs> Man. But I, I really do think that, you know, just opening up that possibility to not take the show, I guess for lack of a better phrase, like not take the show so seriously, mm-hmm. because these characters get put, these very real characters get put in these very surreal situations. It just opens up the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've gone through two seasons. I really hope we get a season three soon. Donald Glover's a busy man. Mm-hmm. But if they can do whatever they want because they've laid that groundwork to dip into uh, very real situations and, and dip into some kind of like supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. And also you mentioned expectations before. One thing that they do too is that in the black justin bieber episode they have this guy who is called justin bieber and he's supposed to be the actual justin bieber but he's black and nobody ever says anything in terms of oh this is unusual it's just how it is in the show and it's another way of subverting your expectations and how that factors into the atlanta world yeah yeah, absolutely. They they're building their own like universe, and they're like they're just very clearly saying in our world Justin Bieber's black, and then the audience has to be like, all right, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and they they keep pushing those those boundaries. The Teddy Perkins episode, 
was also an example of that of you know um they're very much building their own universe the atlanta extended universe can't wait for all the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the new avengers but with just all of the atlanta celebrities i saw also s- <laughs> no sorry were you gonna say something else no i was gonna say i can't wait for michael vick standalone <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> well the migos have got to be huge yeah, players exactly. in that cinematic universe and they've been on the show too as themselves yeah. mm-hmm Speaking of rappers too, Paperboy, who's one of the main characters in the show, he's a rapper. That's his rapper name. And I saw that originally the network FX who put the who puts the show on, they yeah. wanted him to have this MTV Cribs like mansion style place. And then he actually lives in this like small apartment that is reasonable and it connects back to the whole realism aspect of it too yeah mm. big time yeah no it's it's very realistic in, in size and scope he's just like doing well well enough for himself right but he also and, sells drugs on the side or at least used to which yeah i mean don't don't we all though yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> i you know i want to make a quick selling drugs <laughs> Yeah, they dude. go hand in hand. <laughs> Think I make a living off of the show? <laughs> I will soon when we get Donald Glover to come on as a guest. I I do need to correct something in real time. Live correction. This has never been done wow. before. Uh, I said that it was the third episode that the you know the sort of the staging surrealism from earlier, but it's actually the fourth episode. I just had to get that out there. That would drive me crazy. You can also just re-say it again, like whatever. No, no, it's two. (laughs) No, Jack, no, no, no. This is much like the realism in Atlanta. (laughs) People make mistakes in real life and we can't just, unlike you, edit them out. Wow. Yeah. Hey man, I just put my surrealist touches on (laughs) it. That's a good point. Um, Or podcast realism podcast podcast realism yeah that's good kev is there anything you want to say about the show before we get to some games i'm all about the fun and games so let's just get to them okay well we're actually we're we're actually not going to get to the games we're going to do some fun facts first (laughs) Um. what a letdown surreal (laughs) subverting expectations (laughs) Subverting expectations. People are going to be listening to this and they're like, I don't think they know what's real. <laughs> for real. So, fun fact number one, Donald Glover is credited as the writer, producer, actor, and director. He also co-wrote the show's hit song, Paperboy, with his brother Stephen Glover, who performs it. Stephen Glover is also a music rapper. Uh, I was going to say music producer for some reason. He's, he's a rapper um, and he goes by Steve G. Lover. As in Stephen Glover. Hmm. Subverting so, yeah. expectations. <laughs> Subverting expectations. That song is a hit, by the way. Paper Boy, Paper Boy. Mm, oh, the paper it's boy. a great, great, great jam. I'm you waiting know, for the only second to the Yoohoo song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yoohoo. Um, with the exception of a music video snippet, Brian Tyree Henry, who can actually sing, is never seen rapping as Paper Boy. That, again, that's performed by Stephen Glover. And Kev, you brought this up in the Atlanta Juneteenth episode. The 
album art for Donna Glover's third album, Awaken My Love, can actually be seen on a shelf in that dude Craig's mm. office. I noticed the album art when the show was airing because I actually got to go to his first Pharaoh's performance oh. where he performed Awake My Love in Full before it came out. He was also screening the first two two episodes of Atlanta while people were like waiting to get in. So I got to see the two episodes early as well. And it was really hard Flex. to not Damn. be able to talk to people <laughs> about it. But okay, so Donald Glover has compared each season of the show to Kanye West's album. So he's been stating that season three will be the equivalent of Kanye West's third album, Graduation, which is an interesting comparison. Is very fire. Yeah, I don't know. So, are the first two seasons, like, I tried to go back and, like, college dropout and late registration. How are they, like, how do they compare? I don't know. He's very, makes very interesting comparisons. He also said that season two of Atlanta is, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, but for rappers. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which also fits pretty well. Which fits. It it definitely fits. And again, <laughs> appealing to the white audiences. <laughs> yep. Very smart. Very smart. Yeah, I think he has the right um, formula right now. Didn't he also mention like some cartoon or something for season yeah, two? Yeah, uh, tune, the tune. Yeah, so he said that season two of Atlanta was also inspired by Tiny Toons because each season of that was like its own bottled um had its own theme. So Atlanta season two was Robin season. So in that sense, they compared it to Tiny Toons. Although I feel like they didn't really stick super closely to the theme as I thought they would. They also like yeah, it was, it was vague. presented yeah. it as this like holiday thing, but there wasn't a lot of that mixed in really. I think maybe that was a cover for like the shooting schedule just because they had to shoot and wear like jackets and stuff. Mm hmm. Because they shot at a different uh, time, but I, I quite liked it. I don't no, know. I, yeah, I mean, I think, think it the, worked. I liked the season. I just no, you hated it. Just it. Didn't... Jack, uh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what were you saying? Sorry. No, I was just saying when they talked about the idea for the season initially, I thought it would be a little bit different than it turned out to be. And yeah. again, I mean, subverting expectations. That's but... right. That's the theme. Kevin, what yeah. do you think about the the Robin season moniker? I wasn't aware that it was called that, so. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I guess it's cool. Um, no, yeah, I'm just a casual fan that knows the three main characters. That's about it. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, we get, we've got a wide range of fandom here. Would you say there's three or four main characters? I think there's six. No, three. My boy Craig, one. So... The last fun fact here is that uh, though a one-off character, Donald Glover remained in the character of Teddy Perkins throughout the filming of Atlanta, Teddy Perkins. So throughout that entire episode, he stayed in character while filming. Uh, so. Spoiler much? Well, it's not a spoiler that he played that character. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. That yes, wasn't it like a, a story element. It was just like a if fun If people don't thing, know... Like, they're just watching that episode and they're like, oh, I don't know who this is. But then it, the credits show up and they're like, it was Donald Glover. People don't read The people credits. should, man. That, <laughs> he also, there was also a, a Teddy Perkins at the, which award show? At the, uh, at the Golden Globes. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. This year. This year. 
correct. Um, Are you unimpressed by these facts, Jack? <laughs> I just know them already. So yeah, you you really do. You are a, a super fan. You are definitely the second biggest fan in this conversation right now. All right, let's do it. Rapid fire cues. Yeah. I'm gonna split these up between both of you, and then the last one's going to apply to the three of us. If that's okay. That's cool. I'm gonna give this one to Kev. Where would you like to see the third season go? Uh, um, I want the third season to be Kanye Stadium status graduation album. Ooh. So I want Paperboy, I want Earn, I want Darius to ball out. I want the money to start coming in. Interesting, but in big amounts, you know, not low key. Ooh. But not just like all fun and games. Remember. This is almost like the curb your enthusiasm, but for rappers. So it would be more like the more money, more problems type, you know, of season. That's the name of the season. That's the money, more problems. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, there it is. (laughs) Cut me a check. Um, But yeah, I I would want to see that and how they interpret that with their surreal realism. Yeah, that's something that you brought up a great point that that's something that's prevalent in the series that like for everything they do, mm-hmm. there are actual real consequences mm-hmm. to each character's decisions, no matter how surreal or outlandish things get. There are usually real world consequences mm-hmm. to what these characters are doing. So it's a great point, Kev. All right, Jack, what's uh, what was your favorite record from... Uh, what was your favorite song from the last album? Just out of curiosity. I guess this our listeners don't care, but this is just something I genuinely want to know. I'm going to go with Stand Tall from the last album. That's a good, that's a good song. Kev, what's your last favorite song of his that you heard that you bopped to? I've been addicted to the intro song to Guava Island. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a good which one. I'm hoping becomes an actual song that he releases. Which, for those who don't know, is basically... Donald's new film with Rihanna. Yeah. Um, Great plot. And the song doesn't even, does it have a name? If I Die? I believe that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of unofficial. Yeah. Like, but that's a good one. I hope he releases Saturday. I really like Saturday. <sighs> Is it spelled like the weekday or like sad third day? Wow. Like, <laughs> sad the emotion. It's, it's actually, it's the weekday, yeah. I uh, think. Jack is but he gone. performed it on Saturday Night Live a uh, <laughs> year ago of this, re- at the time of this recording. Wow. To the day. I, maybe it was yesterday. Wow. But it's a year ago, <gasps> almost to the day. Can we get a fact checker in here? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Well, it's, no, it's a year ago to the day, I believe. Both of you guys have powerful brains. Mine doesn't work that way. I also really like Feels Like Summer. I think that's a great song. That's probably my second most played song in the last two or three months. I mean, this is the first Seymour episode with three people on it. And I think this went really well. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Hopefully I can have you both on at the same time again in the future. Regardless. Maybe add Joelle for a yeah, we can add Joelle group and, chat throwback. Oh, that's a deep. Yeah, that is a throwback. That's good. For anyone that's who good. knows, <laughs> we used to have... Another show back in the day, group chat. Yeah. We're still just figuring it out. 
<laughs> but uh, damn, you went yeah, so, you so Earn is <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Earn. You guys want to plug your stuff before we hop off? Everyone can find my personal stuff at Same Old Kev, and again, my Finsta Soft Glass Jack Bloom Summer Summer with an O, and I guess you did get the pronunciation right in the beginning. <laughs> mm, look at that. Just in time for the summer. Heck, it already feels like summer. Am I right? Wow, incredible. All right, let's All right. go to Guava Island. See you there. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was this week's show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. You can hear new episodes of Seymour every week on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, Seymour is just one of many shows that Cesspool has to offer. For more info, visit cesspoolnetwork.com to see our full weekly lineup or follow at Cesspool Network on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Juwan underscore chirps, on Instagram at Juwan underscore snaps, or follow what I watch on Letterboxd at Juwan Gonzalez. See you next week.